what's going on? This is Boney Beasley. This is the very first Jacuzzi podcast. I'm here with JT, JT Foreman. Hello. Eric DeDorian. Hi. And David Van Heisen. Hey, everybody. It was a great oh. show. I thought it was a, overall it was a great show. Did you yeah. have any? Did you have any moments? Any comedy moments with the crowd? Um, other than uh, like, I thought it was. I thought I, like I think I started off well. It was like at the, towards the end I uh, I started uh, getting a little real and like talking about Guantanamo Bay and stuff. And you know that's a little different type of humor. I felt like maybe they didn't know what that is. No, no, no. I think they definitely <laughs> knew. I just didn't think it was very funny. This it was not on them. I thought they were a great audience. Is that new it was shit? On me. It's not new shit, but it was, uh, I don't know, it's not really relatable. Because it's like, like it didn't hit tonight. yeah, and also, like, I, I tell a lot of made up stories, and then mixing in, like, made up stories with, like, actual stories, like, I feel like, uh, kind of lessen the blow on the real stuff. Because, like, that's really true. I spent Christmas at Guantanamo Bay last year, but, you know, I wasn't a whittling prodigy. You weren't? I was not a whittling, not prodigy. A whittling prodigy. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. Well, I think I think my thinking is like there isn't really like a big laugh to be had in that Guantanamo bit. Like it's just kind of like a well, what's the it's more like a bit? story. It's uh, I was uh, estranged from my mom for like the better part of my twenties. I'm twenty. I'm gonna be twenty nine October, and just did not have a good relationship with my family for like n- pretty much like a decade. Hysterical already. Really funny stuff. <laughs> and uh, so I was, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm maturing now. I'm kind of getting to like a level where it's like, that's ridiculous to not have like a relationship with your family when it isn't like, there isn't any like really big, it's just kind of like regular family bullshit. Yeah. And then, uh, so I was like, well, maybe, you know, I should uh, reconcile with my family. I haven't spent Christmas with them in, in a long time. My mom is working in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Why don't we go to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, and have a f- ourselves a fucking Christmas? <laughs> and uh, that's what I did. That's funny. It's funny. And I went with my sister, and it was fucking. It was. It, I did that happen? Now. Yeah, it really happened last Christmas. Yeah. In Guantanamo. In Guantanamo Bay. Did the diva thing really happen? The diva thing really happen? I'm a yeah, little bit of a he's diva. Very serious. About I spent it. four hours in a car with you today. All right, David. Okay, David. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I have to have a certain... Uh, I have to have the air at a certain level. I have to have my slippers on. You're not going to pass out, are you? Faint? Yeah. I don't know. Are you going to okay, insult good. me? <laughs> I think this is our sixth jacuzzi. It's a great show. It's a Fresno crowd. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. People aren't going to talk over you. Right. So if you can do good, you're yeah. going to have a chance to do good. Everybody that's done the show back uh, in L.A. raves about it. Everybody loves it. I mean, you the first time, mm-hmm. you came with... Uh, Alan and uh, Megan. Alan oh, Strickland okay, and Megan yeah. Keister. Alan, Megan, and... That's it. And you. You were the mystery guy. Was I? I didn't, yeah, I yeah, had, yeah. I didn't know about that's you right, yet. That's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Alan was like, oh, trust me on this guy. <laughs> Give him 10 minutes, I swear. I swear he's going to, he's going to oil you down like, with laughter. He's selling you a, a, a greasy old uh, carpet. <laughs> and then you ran on the light. Oh, I know. You fucking I just didn't see it, man. On the light. I just didn't see it at all. I, that was, I, so, I felt so, I still feel really, really bad about that. Don't feel bad. JT, explain to the people listening what running the light means for a comedy show. Well, the, the comedy show was supposed to go a certain amount of time. And, of course, the promoter sets that amount of time, sometimes based on constraints like you can't have a bar open after a certain hour or whatever the reason is. So 
if you have multiple comics in in one show, then you say, okay, well, this person's going to do ten minutes. This person's going to do fifteen. This person's going to do thirty, and so they'll shine a, a light at the person on stage a couple minutes before their time ends so they know to wrap it up and finish that way they're not running into someone else's time because you know a, a lot of comedians they they know okay i do this joke this joke this joke that's 10 minutes and if you take some of their time and now they have to do less yeah now on the fly they've got to rewrite their yeah. entire act that, to that, fit because you yeah. ran the light that's what yeah. that i mean that's that's why i felt so bad about it, it was like on like two levels like one because I just like it's just like a dick maneuver to do for a person running the show. Like Boney was like running the show. I think, uh, and then Alan was going on after me, and I felt really bad. It's like I, but honestly, it's like, like I haven't been doing comedy for very long, and uh, that was one of like probably like one of the best sets I've ever had, and I felt so good that I had. I literally felt like I'd been doing 15 minutes, yeah. and like I had no idea what time it was, and I couldn't really tell if he had lit me. I know and, what that feels like. Oh, man. Well, see, this is a difficulty that we as a comedian run into is if for, for whatever reason our jokes are really hitting. Yeah. Like, a joke can take 15 seconds if no one laughs at it. Right. And it could take a minute and a half if for some reason they love it and you get a long applause break. Yeah. So uh, I remember uh, an interview with Jeff Foxworthy. He was talking about the first time he was on Johnny Carson. And one of his first jokes, he got like a 30-second applause break on it. He wasn't expecting uh-huh. that. And now he's supposed to do exactly seven minutes because that's right. on TV. you got to hit the right time. And now he's rewriting. <laughs> while he's on stage on national TV, he's rewriting his, his yeah. set to, to figure out what to drop. I heard the story that... Uh, uh, Richard Lewis was on Johnny Carson and he was like working on this bit that was because uh, you get six minutes that's what you get national television okay, late night Richard Lewis was working on this bit and it's like and they and they kept on asking him to cut it down and he's like well if I cut it down to seven minutes it's not going to make any sense so he was talking about how he had a choice he could cut it down and he could and it would not make sense or he could just do it on Johnny Carson and I think he went like two or three minutes over and that's what he did. How did he do? What it went great. Say? It went great. He, he said, it, I mean, like the crowd loved it and everybody else. Like the producers, I don't think, liked it. But I think Carson respected him for not backing down and, and staying true to his bit. Okay. That's okay. what the end of the story did was. Did he invite well, him over to the couch? Because that's the indicator with did. Carson, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. A comic who really killed got right. invited over to the couch yeah, yeah. for a little interview. Yeah. It's like in basketball, if like, like, you know, the scrub on the team, like, chucks up like an awful shot for like no reason. And it goes in, and it's like everything's fine. But like, had he missed it, he probably would have. That's like, basically my whole basketball career. <laughs> in the show right there. You played basketball? Yeah, I did. What, too. High school basketball? Yep. Okay. Me too. What was your greatest moment in high school basketball, David? My, my greatest moment in basketball wasn't in high school. It was actually in sixth grade. And what it was is there's this moment in a basketball game, which I think is the best moment. When a person puts up a shot and it gets stuck in between the glass and the rim. <laughs> the worst moment. No, it's like it's such an amazing thing. I always have loved it. But I'm sixth grade. I'm five foot four at the time. You know, I think I've seen that happen one time in my entire life. Exactly. It's a rare, yeah. wonderful yeah. moment. It gets stuck and then they have to and stop the game. And, there and, and then sometimes they have to get a broom. You know? <laughs> so anyway... 
That's because you went to school in South Dakota, and in, in, uh, in California, somebody would there was somebody somebody. Let would me finish my story oh, before right. we can argue about. If you want to argue, no, about somebody would have been able to jump up and and well, knock the ball okay. down because there's athletes in good, California. Good point. Yeah. Well, this was sixth grade basketball. Oh, I'm, sixth grade. Yeah, I'm five four. I'm standing half court when this happens, so somebody's like, "Go get a broom." I go, "No, just wait a second. I take off from half court, full sprint, jump, grab the net. Just grab the bottom of the net, yeah. hang on it for a second, yeah. and then fa- fall back down. And the whole crowd just erupts in laughter. Did the ball come down? Oh. No. The ball, <laughs> the ball Did you actually say, no, no, no. Wait, yeah. Wait a minute. I got this. Yeah. And then you, like, ran? I knew what I was doing the whole time. I knew I had no shot, but... Uh, the um, fact that it didn't work did has it, nothing man. to do with you. I you got, knew what it. you were doing. And then I got subbed out, and then I got yelled at. How did they get the ball down, actually? Broom. That'd probably be my greatest moment. Eric, you're not off the hook. Give me your basketball story. What was your moment of glory? Uh, it was in, uh, well, it was like in high school I didn't really have any because uh, I was a late bloomer and kind of a heavy set fella. Me too, man. Really? In high school, yeah, in high school I didn't really catch on. you're actually kind of slim now. Right, it was, that's the meth okay. I did when I, in my early 20s. That's the meth. I don't understand why people do coke. It's like, why would you do coke when you can do meth? Oh, methamphetamines. Yeah, I thought you meth. were saying the method acted, uh, the method of method acting, acting? caused you to lose weight. I, oh, I, I thought totally you were like still. <laughs> <I haven't. laughs> you like, a total crap. Uh, I was like raging bull. Christian Bale, he did that for one, wasn't it? For the machinist, yeah. I thought it was the mechanist. <laughs> <laughs> he put on like like two hundred pounds of muscle for uh, Batman. That was the la- the next movie that he did after the mechanist was Batman. See, I thought it was Batman. <laughs> I like to uh, I like to um, steal the my girlfriend's Netflix, my ex girlfriend's Netflix, and watch <laughs> it on my telephone, like some sort of like futuristic hobo. <laughs> a few, a few, and I the iPhone gets so cheap that a hobo has it in the future. Exactly, exactly. That's what that means. No, but there's this homeless dude who uh, in Pomona, where I grew up, he would always hang out at the train station, and he had one of those like personal DVD players. And he was definitely homeless. Like he like lived at the tra- uh, train station. And one time I watched uh, what was it, Transporter, over his shoulder at the train station, waiting for the train. I watched this. Uh, I watched the whole tra- movie. Yeah, no, no. I mean, not the whole movie. Like a better, like a good chunk of it. And it, he had headphones on. He had headphones too. That'd be a pretty good charity. Like, okay, here's the question. Yeah, you wa- <laughs> you watched that the Transporter over his shoulder. Uh-huh. Now, did you give him a dollar, and did he then send? 50 cents to the studio <laughs> for their share of the... You no, kind of pirated that he movie. He was a pirate hobo. Really? I told yeah, you pirated hobo, that movie. I've pirated he a lot He might have bought the DVD. You pirated I've watched a lot of... I've, I've watched a lot of shit over people's shoulders on buses <laughs> in my life. Okay, there was something I wanted to get into that was serious uh-huh. before the podcast. What's that, Bonnie? Yeah. Any city you go to, there is a comedy scene there of people who yeah. have stand-up. There are comics who are working there. If you're a comic that gets a little bit of success and moves on to other scenes, what do you owe to the comedy scene? Well, LA is like LA is different because it's so big that they're like they're two pretty distinctive. You guys say about clubs, like we don't even like the idea of like the comedy clubs in LA is like it's just too like foreign to me. Like I don't even think about the improv or the mm-hmm. comedy store or the factory. Like yeah. I don't. LA is so big. There's so much comedy in LA that there's like like a sub scene where there's like people 
like our friends that we know that put on their own shows. Uh, like Dave Ross has done the show. Uh, holy fuck! Yeah, holy is fuck is like show. one of the biggest. It's really cool, and it's like and it, and and they're like they're super unique. Like our friend Barbara, who's done the the uh, uh, the show before. In she Fresno. was here last month. Yeah, she was, yeah, here, she last was here last month. Last she month. runs a, a show in her living room. That's like one of that's for my money the best time I've ever had on stage was at the show that she ran in her living room, and it was like in the L.A. Times. She put her address. Yeah. In the L.A. Times, Barbara Gray doesn't give a fuck. She's yeah. one of the. She's just. She's one of the funniest people in L.A. I yeah, think. Yeah, she's ridiculous. Dave too. I concur. Uh, yeah, Barbara's just incredible, and she runs two shows. So there's like all these shows like happening in L.A. But the crux of that is like open mic. There's several open mics you can go to every single day of the week. Like in yeah. L.A., no matter what, you can get up if you want to. So like the, it's on you. you I know, like to like, think. Well, I just had. I just had an open mic and uh, a show that I ran. Both those, like, kind of imploded. Well, not imploded. I think they just failed. Like, our show, Rest in Peace, and our open mic. Because of, I think, not enough support. Like, but also, like, a show, you have to, like, push it for anyone to ever come. you got to be so committed to it like just, it's a full job. But, dude, there are so many shows. Like, on the show... Your show was up against... Every laundromat has a show in L.A. Two other yeah. shows. A comedy show. Like, Literally. In laundromats yeah. in L.A. But, like, yeah, yeah, like, our show was on a Thursday, and, like, Thursday, for some reason, it's, like, a hot comedy Big night in L.A., day. and there were, like, a couple of weeks ago, there were, like, nine shows, nine, like, nine, ten shows on, on the one night of, like, all these comedians, like, who's gonna go to these shows? It's, like, they can yeah. only go to, like, so many shows a night, and they're not gonna come yeah. to our They're show. getting up, going to shows, yeah. it's a lot. It's really hard, man. L.A. is, like, I think about this a lot, it's, like, I would be a completely different comedian had I started somewhere different even like a scene that isn't like a little bit small like a scene like san francisco you know like when i first started doing comedy when i was living in seattle this giggles comedy club had two open mics a week comedy underground i had hear two great open things about that club actually yeah uh, well giggles uh, is now closed and it's jiggles strip club they that didn't sucks. even change the sign Kind of like Furniture City. That's they, sad. They, 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 they took the mic stand, turned it into a pole, and uh, off they go. Um, no, I, I don't know if that's actually true. Wait, can we just talk about Furniture City for a second? In Fresno. Furniture City. Fresno. You clearly used to be a circuit city. The city is the same lettering. <laughs> and yeah. now it's a furniture city. Yeah. Yes. That can't be real. That can't be Did right. The they sign? cannot work. Didn't they added the more light. Oh, wait, I haven't seen this. They by took the, the way. circuit out, they put a furniture it in. It is clearly, it clearly used to be a circuit city. <laughs> now it is a furniture city. <laughs> but it's got the same yes. lettering. Because can it be both? Furniture and circuit? Can it be both? I don't think so. I've never can been to a place where you could buy a sofa and a DVD with two movies on one disc before. I, I know. I can. You can? Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Boom! Oh. Zinga! And that's a callback. That's a callback, <laughs> but also a truism. There's like, there was like one... All right, I don't want to talk about... There's like one store... Like one huge store where I bought produce and also Stacy Adams blue suede shoes. Stacy Adams. But could you buy a sofa there? Stacy yes. Adams. Okay. And a television. We got, we got way off. I we like what's happening. Off. No, I wanted to go further. <laughs> you were talking about like you were talking about earlier is like these like small town like fledgling comedy scenes, man. And that's something that I think about all all the time. It's like these like big cities like New York, Chicago, and LA are like the big three giants of like comedy, I think. And yeah. then like below that, Seattle Houston. and like Houston, where like uh, you know Bill Hicks started in Houston. Yeah. It's just like 
I just watched his uh, documentary. It was American, American Outlaw. Outlaw. On this documentary, in this documentary, there's like footage of him, 15 years old, in this like comedy club, like late night, two o'clock in the morning, Houston, Texas, 15 years old, just murdering people, <laughs> murdering this, guy. and like it's so good, and like I, it was so like. Is so humbling. Like, so I started, like, I started, like, pretty late in the game. Like, I started, I was 27 when I started. I've only been doing it for about a year. And then seeing some kid who's, like, 15 and just, like, that, like, spirit of, like, he had to do it, you know? Like, and I felt like when I started, like, I felt like I had to do it, too. Like, I... I was 26 when yeah. I started. Yeah. I was 25. You, JT? Um, first time I ever performed, I was 26 at, uh... I was 12 when I knew I wanted to be a comedian. I watched Bill Cosby himself. The best thing about L.A. is that it has, it's so big, and there are so many comedians that it does have that kind of like small town fledgling scene that is kind of like a a response to the big club scene. There's like that notion where it's like, there's like a big rift between like alternative comics and like club comics. I think you just hit it. Because I think that's what happened here in Fresno. Yeah. I feel like what's happened is a small version of the dichotomy that happens in bigger cities. And that's that my show is a answer to the shows that are done in Fresno and the rest of the scene. I did not mean it to be that, but... Which is what Dave is doing now. I, feel I attracted like. people who were... It's not like the other shit isn't funny. Right. It's funny, but I don't like it. What? I don't know. I can't even name it. But it's the shit that you already heard through the 90s. So this, that, and, I, I, and it's phony, good work. But I, 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 I completely agree with you. It's, it's like, good work and it's great comedy, but yeah. it's not my thing. It's the same old shit, man. And the jacuzzi is the and guys. And it's always dudes, too. It's like a bunch of dudes. It's the guys I see yeah. who I think are funny, and I don't feel like apologizing because I don't book the other guys. Well, you don't owe an apology to anybody. Do you think, yeah. well, you think it, because you bring people in from L.A. that... Pe- Upsets people? No, because everybody brings people from out of town, right? Like, yeah. Where are you from, Eric? Are you from LA? I grew up in Southern California. I like I lived in the Valley for the longest time, and then uh, I was born in Lebanon. <laughs> moved to the Valley in 1987, and okay. then lived in all over the Valley. Were you we eight years old? I was uh, five. Uh, How do you feel like that informed your work so far? I think it's fun. I think it's, like, different, and I think I... My comedy is just, like, trying to be myself. Like, I'm not really, like, a comedian. I think I'm just, like, a funny person. I I feel like people are having more fun at my shows when they're laughing at me, not really with me, like, from what I'm saying. Like, I'm not really... I don't think any of my bits that I write, that I make up, are really that, like, imaginative or, like... You know, groundbreaking. Like I just like you know, like I've had like a pretty weird life. I feel like, and I try to capitalize on that. And like, um, I think just being an immigrant, like trying to assimilate and like trying to be something you're not, which is what I did for like the better part of my life. Like when I talk about, you know, in high school how I had like frosted tips and a receding hairline. I, <laughs> I, I, I like I talk about frosted tips, just trying to be like. I remember like. I went to Armenian school in the valley. There's a bunch of Armenian schools in the valley. There's Armenian schools? There's like so Hebrews, many Armenian. Like Hebrew schools? Yeah, like, like Hebrew, exactly. Like they're private Armenian schools, and I went to Armenian school in the valley until sixth grade. And then uh, the 1994 Northridge earthquake happened, uh, totally like uh, decimated our house, so we had to move. 
So we moved uh, like 20 Your miles. Your house was destroyed by that earthquake. Yeah, there's a, a, a water pipe burst under our, like, and it just flooded everything and sucked. Awesome house. Had the best basketball hoop. That's what it's like. I have this bit about, like, if, you know, the oncoming apocalypse. If that apocalypse is anything like the 1994 earthquake, it's going to suck at first. But after, after like, that first couple of days, it's going to rule. Because it's going to be, like, nothing but barbecues and getting to know your fucking neighbors, man. No, it's that's gonna be true. Awesome. Um, where I'm from in South Dakota, we had a tornado. Yeah. Pretty bad tornado. And uh, community really came together after mm-hmm. that. Brenda Wilson was giving out pops to everybody. Is that right, Brenda? She was going around 4x4 four four with a trailer, giving out pops. I met all these neighbors that I'd never met before. Like, we never, ever talked to any of our neighbors. And when the earthquake happened, everybody was like... There was like uh, everybody was like freaked out about being in their house because of like gas leaks and shit. So yeah. we would all like hang out out in the front, mid nineties, rollerblading everywhere, you know, playing NBA Jam if we could. <laughs> Natural disasters kind of have a silver lining. It's great. So like, if when the apocalypse <laughs> happens, like yeah, it's gonna suck at first, but like after a while, it's gonna fucking rule, man. You're gonna find out your neighbor's yeah. really good at the barbecue. Yeah. I, I don't remember who it was, but someone once said that earthquakes were God's way of making sure that LA natives meet their neighbors once in a while. <laughs> That's funny. I, I, I it's so remember true, who said man. That, though, that yeah. is so true. I had a friend who died. Oh no. Uh oh. No, I didn't. But you know what? Some people did. Yeah. <laughs> but I would like to close it up by asking you a very serious question. What's up? Just uh, be honest. Hit me. If and I don't care if you believe in God or not. Uh-huh. So, like, don't factor that into your answer. Okay. If you met God, what would you want him to say at the end of your life? You treated people well. You treated people well? Yeah, like, I just want, like, I just want to be, like, a good human being, man. Like, I don't want to, like, judge anybody. I don't want, I want everyone to be on, on the same level. I hate, I hate the disparity in, like, hum, like humanity. I hate arrogance and I hate people, like looking down on other people just because they don't have money or a job or anything like that. Like, I just want God to tell me that, you know, yeah, you're a pretty fucking good dude, man. What, what would you want God to say, David? To me? Um, wow. Uh, why don't you shave? Why don't you shave? What if God said that? <laughs> why don't you get a shave? I'll go look at your beard, man. <laughs> God's a woman. Yeah, that's, that's a, a great question. That's a heavy that's, question. And, and, that's, and a, that's also the actor studio. I've never question. really heard no, that before. No, Lissy told me that that that's what James Lipton <laughs> yeah, asked James actors. Inside, and yeah. I love Is that. Is that question. right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if God just said, "Whoa, man, you're a weird dude." <laughs> <laughs> I think that would satisfy me. <laughs> well, man, you're a weird dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're gonna accept that you didn't have time. You didn't. You didn't expect that to come out. <laughs> we're gonna accept the fact that that was a shitty answer. Oh. What a weird dude. <laughs> you're. Uh, you really want God to think you're weird, bro? Hey, hey. you, you want a jacuzzi? All right, David Van Heisen. Keep on taking it easy. JT Foreman. Bye. <laughs> Eric DeDorian. Good night, everyone. And I'm Bonnie Beasley. This was the first Jacuzzi podcast. This son of a bitch right here is a good son of a bitch. Can somebody get this bastard a mic? Frosted tips and a receding hairline. How long is that fucking podcast?